Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Well, we're back. This is Dana Oliva with Marketatomy and Charged Up Studio, along with my co-host. Sendor Say with Sendor Capital Limited. Welcome back. And we're back again with Alfonso Morales and Corey Lansing, who happens to be an aerospace engineer. And he is probably going to be an expert on the topic that we're coming up with right now, although both of them are. We're going to talk about artificial intelligence. You know that that, that uh, technology that's letting us uh, fly planes, drive trains, and, and uh, now drive cars without having to do anything? Was that a planes, trains, automobile planes, reference? Planes, trains, right? automobile yeah, reference. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um are we gonna? Are we ready to put our lives in the hands of technology, virtually? Scary times. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's more than just that. I mean, people yeah. are partnering. Okay, so there are robots <laughs> being created, and they are um, replacing staff, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's a big concern. Yeah. So we'll talk about that as well. Yes. Yes. So, um, do me a favor. Um, Corey, Alfonso, whichever one, talk to me a little bit about AI and where it is today and where it's going. So AI is a very broad term, I think. Um, It really breaks down into two kind of distinct areas. Uh, It's uh, artificial intelligence and then kind of neural networks. Um, So artificial intelligence can kind of just be described as a way of a computer kind of coming to a conclusion uh, that isn't necessarily 100% preset. Now, this can almost be, um, you're familiar with like decision trees, Mm -hmm. Uh, if this, then that. It can kind of be a series of if this, then that um, kind of. A lot of structured data. Exactly. Uh, Once it gets complicated enough, uh, essentially it's going to be all inclusive to a variety of different um, possibilities. And then you start kind of getting to the realm of actual artificial intelligence. Now, neural networks is very kind of different uh, because it kind of deals with patterns. So this is really the idea of um, kind of when it comes to analytics of big data, it's taking a large set of data and saying, you know, I have all of these inputs and then I have all of these outputs. What is the correlation between these two things? Um, And then by having the computer kind of simulate uh, possible correlations, you know, it'll kind of say, well, you know, if I put this in, then I usually get this, then it'll kind of correlate a pattern. Uh, You get enough of those samples in and eventually it has a very good possibility of being able to predict what an output will be for a given input. That's where you kind of talk about training all these neural networks, training artificial intelligence. That's where you're giving it the Mm -hmm. outputs and the inputs and letting it kind of decide where those connections are formed. So what's very actually kind of interesting is uh, a lot of times when you're programming these deep neural networks and all this, 
the programmers might not know necessarily what patterns the computer is looking for. It just knows it's finding patterns. And they'll kind of tweak, like, you know, this this pathway, it just so happened to be right most of the time. So you give more weight to that opportunity. This one, it, it was almost always wrong when it found this kind of correlation. So then we kind of ignore that. So it comes down to kind of like tuning it. Uh, so that's kind of a general, I think, description. Okay. Well, it's interesting that you say that because um, my my company, what I'm doing right now is we are developing an assessment product mm-hmm. for small micro businesses, small and medium businesses. And basically what it does is it assesses these companies across 20 different key performance indicators mm-hmm. by asking them a series of questions. And the goal is to capture the data of these companies and being able to correlate it to the size of the company and where they're at to find where the gaps are within that company so that we can turn around and offer them suggestions or learning modules or whatever to help them build and and bridge those gaps. And and what I'm looking at is using the artificial uh, intelligence or AI technology ultimately like maybe the third revision or whatever, we're still in the beginning Mm -hmm, stages, okay? So as they answer these questions based on their answers, it might take them on a different journey through the assessment, okay? And so what you're saying is that while we can train the computer, we can train, you know, the AI technology or whatever to monitor the questions and the responses to those questions, and then based on what the responses are, it can predict, Mm -hmm. basically, what's the next stage, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big thing about it. And I think there are a lot of different use cases and even the availability for businesses. I know you said that's not a now thing, but that's maybe iteration three. Uh-huh. Even then, maybe it's iteration two. There are so many possibilities right. with it right now. And kind of just like when we talked about AR on the previous uh, podcast, that's a big thing for AI moving forward now, too. That technology is advancing so rapidly where you can go in an Apple developer for an iPhone app now has a whole framework from Apple where they can just reference and utilize that in their application. So the ability to create this, to do that kind of work, has has become a lot more streamlined now at this point. Yes. And and that's not the part of the AI that, that scares me, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's when we turn over that AI and put ourselves at their control. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what scares me. So talk a little bit about the AI that's basically like you said trains planes and automobiles <laughs> you know um, you well, know here, I'll yeah. say one thing because I want you to go into this part of it yeah. but I just want to make sure like just know it's not just plane trains and automobiles oh it's, I know it's not it's the fact that your phone even runs yes has AI in there for your battery performance mm-hmm. anything and you're smart. going on Netflix exactly anything and it's doing your recommendations it's anything. Right. Um, it's funny. That I, I like the uh, automobile mobile example because we were actually in Vegas not too long ago and uh, going up and down the strip, they actually have autonomous vehicles mm-hmm. that they'll pick up through Lyft. So like you actually open up the Lyft app and you call the autonomous vehicle and it comes and picks you up. It's, it was cool. I was really excited. It You're was kind of it was me. funny, though, because amazing. you get in the car. So cool. And uh, we got in the back seat. There were two people in front because they needed somebody who had their hands not on the steering wheel but around the steering wheel. And then they had somebody who was basically there to explain to us, the passengers, the process that was going on and making sure, don't worry, we got the driver there. He's got the hands. She's not touching it, but she's ready to go. So it was it was kind of funny because instead of, you know, it's a self-driving car, but now we have two drivers technically. Yeah. But it, it kind of proved the concept because they were still in testing phases. And it was interesting because the lady, the girl at the driver's seat, she didn't have her, she wasn't touching the steering wheel. And you could see it kind of steering around. You could see a monitor that showed where the computer was sensing, oh, there's a car here. There's an indiv- individual here. And um, 
what's what's really interesting is uh, computers and software are so advanced now; they're so much faster than us. So when you're saying, "Oh, I'm just I'm scared because like it's the computer's driving. I don't trust a human." Do you really trust a human more than you would like a very well developed? I trust software? myself. More oh, yeah. than I would. <laughs> but uh, how many times have you been driving down the road and you're like, oh, that idiot. Or road rage hits in or something like that. Somebody <laughs> passes by really fast. I mean, you got all these, you got a lot more factors you got to deal with with a yeah. person than you do an AI. I agree. That being said, it's still Plus, a new technology. Good for now. It's still a new technology. There's always going to be bugs. I mean, also we've been, you know, this is a theme of what uh, we've talked previously. It's about the person who's in charge of the AI, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, basically the AI is, I understand it, is, you know, built on neural pathways mm -hmm. and it's just like the human brain. But the only difference is that we get to control our thoughts, whereas mm -hmm. the AI, we control the technology. Mm -hmm. So the person behind the technology is the one we need to concern about. It's like Dr. Evil and Austin Powell, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you know, I want a billion dollars, you know, and what are they going to take hostage with this type of reach into our lives? Mm -hmm. That's the concern. That's so interesting how you phrase it too because that's that's the intent behind that person but there are also the at least the thoughts of what the negative impact of AI could be is when the intent isn't even negative but the biasisms that are mm -hmm. put into the person developing the technology yes. can unintentionally cause the negative effects as well absolutely I may it's just like making a wish to the genie I want a million dollars but mm -hmm. at what cost you don't know the cost sort of thing right. uh, and that's where the neural networks kind of come into play you talk about driving and it gets more complex as the situations become more complex. At least it seems that way. But if it's something like get from point A to point B, no matter what, at the end of the day, it will do a better job at looking at all the possible outcomes than mm -hmm. we ever would. The concern is, do you want to go about eight out of ten of those paths, though? Maybe yeah. you don't sort of thing. Yes. And what's also so that's why it takes so much testing. As long as we can still have that choice, mm -hmm. which right. you say we have that choice, it's all about it. You know, we don't have to rely on the AI. Mm -hmm. You know, and so. it is interesting to think when we're talking about completely self-driving cars and all this, uh, think about if you're driving down the road and you make a mistake, you, you've you learned from that mistake. You know, you're not going to make that same mistake twice mm -hmm. if you like make a wrong turn or something like that, run mm -hmm. a red light. I mean, you might run a red light again, but you'll be more vigilant. May not Self be a mistake when you run it. Exactly. <laughs> right. But uh, self-driving cars, if one car makes a mistake, it can now let every other car know about that mistake, and it can essentially learn from those mistakes. Really? So, so learn on the job. Wow. Exactly. So you think about all these kind of self-driving cars kind of connected. They're communicating with each other. They're creating their own little network. Do you have and to when, communicate with these other cars? I don't want them communicating with my car. <laughs> it, it all depends on the implementation. Yeah. Like, Let's give a shout out right now to uh, Illuminar. They were a company that we were across from when we were on Research Parkway back in our uh, AR mm -hmm. education days. Mm -hmm. And Jason Eichenholt, that's an amazing company that uses LiDAR for that uh, automated car experience. And we're not even at the point of autonomy yet where cars can drive themselves, mm -hmm. but like you said, it's going to be about the responsibility of the people implementing that software. Mm -hmm. Luminar is a great example of a company that wants to move the industry forward, but they're not taking malicious action or, or taking a malintent approach on it. The malintent, I think, has become, you know, because we know that certain companies have a monopoly on some of these Absolutely. technologies. Mm -hmm. I, I have a problem with Mr. Zuckerberg and the <laughs> Jeff Bezos of the world. And if you're listening, I hope you're listening to our show. They're always uh, listening. They're all, actually, <laughs> yes, you're right. 
They are always Change listening. Say, say, hello, Mr. Hello, Zuckerberg. Hello, Mr. Zuckerberg. Ooh, hello, feel free. To, let's have coffee sometime <laughs> so I can tell you what, what you know, what's up. But, you know, these oligarchs of t- Silicon Valley, they are infiltrating my life. And it's like I have a, you know, a, 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 like a codependency relationship with these mm-hmm. people because I love them and I hate them at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to sort of 12-step them into becoming better people. So, yes, invite me over. We'll talk over some. <laughs> Where's the love part? Is it love? The love love part is I appreciate the convenience that (laughs) it provides me. You know, when I have to put, you know, Facebook and I can message someone across the world. Convenience. Convenience. But I hate Mm -hmm. the fact that he is monopolizing my attention because I, you know, he makes me think that I need Facebook. I lived without you, Mark Zuckerberg, for a long time. And I do hope there is cooperation. Is that the word? Because I don't like the I don't appreciate the fact that these people are just eating these companies are eating up the smaller ones that are innovating and uh and bec- and becoming more of a uh solution uh solution to our everyday lives where these oligarchs are becoming monopolizers of mm-hmm. our of well, everyday in lives. A, in all honesty, I I don't think it's going to be that way moving forward. You know, I think we're going to see more and more of the small you know, medium businesses being able to join forces and partner to bring out, you know, uh, bring new technology and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, a perfect example is what Facebook has gone through, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as in the past, you know, and things like that. We all go through our periods. Yeah, it's convenient, you know, and things like that. But it gets to a point where, you know, um, people are trying to force their opinions on Mm -hmm. us, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, and so can technology do that? You know, I mean, look at this. A lot of people heard about that whole Cambridge Analytica yep. thing. Yes, and that and was that was all artificial intelligence using big data mining exactly. to make predictions about people. So, I mean, the threat is there. It is definitely a concern. But uh, it, you're never going to get around that. You, can, you can't just say no. this is going potentially going to do something bad. Let's get rid of it. No, it's this is going to do something bad. This can do something bad. Let's make sure we're aware of that and exactly. do everything we can to make sure it's not used that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's exactly the point. You know, um, I mean, I know I'm connected. Even if I don't want to be, I am connected. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows what I'm doing, you know, and stuff like that. Big big government, you know, they know. <laughs> they know. I'm not worried about it. As long as I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm okay. <laughs> exactly, because you have you to know, make a conscious when, choice now exactly. to not somewhere. want convenience or not go for convenience exactly. to get rid of the technology. Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've been on a list for a long you know, time. <laughs> so, but now let's talk a little bit about um, you coming from the aerospace industry, mm-hmm. okay, and, and engineering. Now, let's talk a little bit about the combination of AR, VR, and AI, okay, in the simulation side. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Donna, would you agree that the government has been using these technologies? It's just now becoming available to us. Oh, yeah. So, oh, definitely. Government definitely. has a lot of technology. And when us, we get yeah. into, you know, the aerospace industry and the mm-hmm. simulation that's industry, that that's up. exactly it. You know, here's big government who's, you know, a, you know, a Lockheed Martin, mm-hmm. you know, all of these these agencies that have been using this, but they're combining the visual side of things mm-hmm. along with the AI. And I, I think all these technologies, they're really, they really are exponentially increasing the, or decreasing the amount of time it takes for development and research right. in all these different industries. Because you can go mm-hmm. from idea to prototype in a digital realm so quickly mm-hmm. using a, um, it is kind of a form of AI for the most part when those simulation cases, you know, if you're testing the, uh, 
um, aerodynamics of a wing. You know, there's so much computation that go- has to go into play on how that wing p- produced lifts at every specific exactly. different angle. There's so that's, many details in these simulations. And by using shortcuts through AI, making these different predictions and finding more efficient ways of doing things, it, it lowers costs dramatically. And I think that kind of, I, I always I always say it's, uh, it is interesting to think about. I'm 27 right now. I still remember back when I was a kid getting yelled at by my parents to get off the computer so they can make a phone call. So it's like that wasn't <laughs> oh that long ago. And now we go, we went from that to having a phone that is now more powerful than any computer we ever had. So right, just right. that that whole idea right. of how quickly it's expanded, uh, there's so much access to technology. It really has um, changed the entire scope of how these things are working out. So the right. access. So I'm, cons- I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, access, so that's the biggest key. D- do you feel that maybe government is, is a partner or a hindrance to, to, your, to this evolution? Uh, I would say a little bit of both. Of access? I mean. Cool. What was it? Well, 96% of the internet is not really accessible through like Google yeah, and different platforms? A good percentage There's a of lot. It. Like, I mean, you look at the dark web, the parts that you've never even seen. Or that's a conversation on heard its own. Of. Oh, I would like that's to see what's back there. No, you would not. And neither would <laughs> I. <laughs> There's so much undersea uh, things happen. Really? Like the worst of the worst of the I world. I watch this Homeland. Apparently. Then you know a bit uh-huh. least. And there's yeah. some great documentaries out there that cover uh, the topic of it. But I can't even speak on the matter to the extent that I would like to because I don't think I'm informed enough. So these platforms, AI and, um, AI and what is it, um, it VR, all these, mm-hmm. what we've yeah. been talking about, are these regulated by the government? Because Donna and I, you know, we try to bring out policy as mm-hmm. it pertains to some of these topics. Right. So where does that, where does policy fit into this or does it even affect what, what you're doing currently? I don't think that policy really affects the technology itself. I think when the technologies are implemented in specific yeah. ways, that's where the kind of uh, oversight comes into play. So well, it, talk it, about it, the blockchain aspect with that. I mean, that's something yes. you know a lot about and yeah. what legality mm-hmm. is meant for that. Yes. So I, blockchain, is that's a conversation on its own, but, um, you know, the whole decentralization movement that's a good parallel just because it's blockchain is a technology it's just a technology that keeps track of Mm -hmm. things but it's been completely the stigma of it has been completely ruined because it's the government well the government's like you know this is all it is is an illegal currency they've arrested they've jailed people who were developers who were the Mm -hmm. early who penetrated this this Mm -hmm. market early on these people have a mark as they can't vote they can't be they're not um, how can I say upstanding citizens of yeah. the world anymore yeah. because they have it's funny the why because it's not necessarily the blockchain tech it was the fact that it hindered other industries the fact right. that crypto became a part of it all and it affected the finance industry and that in turn affected politics and then right. the second that happens now the politicians all speak on it. I think AR is going to be one of those things mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. That's maybe. why I was asking because it's digital real estate essentially. Right. If I you brought up a good point in the last podcast when we talked about AR, I may not be able to change the documents on the table. Mm-hmm. But let's say I look at a McDonald's logo from here on out with my Burger King app, and this is something they did actually already. Where if you looked at certain McDonald's pieces, it would crumble it away and give you a, a, an advertisement for Burger King and a coupon. Mm-hmm. So Burger King was advertising using McDonald's mm-hmm. competition. And it was a brilliant marketing uh, plan to do it that way. But what's the legality of that when you're using other likenesses and other uh, pieces of material that are not necessarily yours? Right. That brings up legal questions that we haven't really dove into 
Because it hasn't been as effective in the world yet, it seems like. You know, that's why I brand myself as libertarian first and foremost, because Mm -hmm. I'm all about freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, because I I see if this country wasn't as free as it was, I mean, we would we would move in the same pace as China and Russia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, us, we couldn't be we wouldn't be able to have this candid conversation here in Charged Up Studio. And Donna and I. Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, those people, I believe that Mark Zuckerberg had really good intention. But of course, as he grew, you know, when when you get big you really need to be able to control it all mm-hmm. you know it gets too big too big too, big, too too big to fail too big to fast and then yeah. you you know you you're not too big to fail just remember that because the consumers ultimately are the ones that you answer to so mm-hmm. for for us you know our audience being small business owners we definitely want to empower you right. to be informed information yeah. is your key to freedom and that's what we tr- where we aim to do here at charge up studio which is why we have these mm-hmm. two lovely guests and thank you and donna and i could go on this is yes not my no show. Sandra, sandra's <laughs> on the roll here <laughs> yes when i talk freedom i'm all yeah. in <laughs> so where do you think what do you think is going to be the next big breakthrough when it comes to ai technology you guys you guys follow this stuff I mean, at this point, I because it's it's going so quickly. I think that there's a lot of speculation, but where I see kind of the biggest um, disruption coming is when we start seeing uh, neural networks able to kind of fine tune and almost program themselves. When we're looking at software that's able to optimize itself, uh, we're getting close to that point. It's not perfect yet, but that's where we'll see kind of a pivotal change. I think. Um, and that's where people, I think, would get kind of get scared about the whole idea, you know, computers programming yeah. computers. But um, I think that there's a lot of benefits that can come right. from that. About a year ago, I got a call um, from a gentleman, and uh, he happened to be the producer of, of a very popular 70s band, which is one of my favorites, um, Pink Floyd. Oh, <laughs> Breaking Down the Wall? Did yeah, I, no, the- no, Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, okay. <laughs> But anyway, um, he had called me. Nothing came of it. But they were talking to me because I was doing a lot of work down in Brazil, as you know. And um, they were talking about doing a three-country concert. Mm -hmm. And what they wanted to do was it was going to all be over one weekend. And the headline band would, for three days, travel to each of these countries, okay, and produce or and, and perform. But there would be three stages at each location. And so wherever they were, they would there would be holographic images of the other bands. Mm. So they didn't oh, all have to be there. Oh, cool. You know, and things like that. It was really cool. Nothing came of it, but I thought, oh, that would be really neat. It will be to really have dead. a world world concert like that. Absolutely. When was this? Um, I want to say it was about it was back in well, I was working in Brazil, so it was probably about two 2015, 16. Because mm. you remember the, I think it was Coachella, where they had the hologram of Tupac coming That's what I yeah. exactly really? remember thinking of. Oh, no, oh and it goodness. was so lifelike. Mm. It moved it's, it's so Oh, real. there is not, you know, my favorite quote yeah. by Victor Hugo, there's nothing like an idea whose time has come. This yeah. conversation is timely. And what yeah. you're speaking about, Donna, is just at, at some point in time, people are like, what were they worried about? I'm, of course, we're doing this. And next... Yeah, it no, would be and like that's the exactly next... it. The mm-hmm. only the only band that had to travel was the one that was the headliner. Yeah. Okay. And but it was over a three day period. 
It was Phenomenal. really cool. So absolutely, I, I love the this stuff. Concerts. Stretching <laughs> our minds, and I have these. We have these two smart people in the room. <laughs> Me, yes. I could talk to them all day. But you know, we. I know we need to get to some point. There are six different domains of AI that we want to talk about, and which one do you see contributing to um, the most to business processes and functions? So I know we had a few listed out here. We were, this and then actually me and Corey were talking about a little bit earlier today. It's very interesting how even some of these uh, main principles and all these aspects of AI even kind of go together. Like when you look at things like data mining, predictive analysis of, of how you're using the information, it kind of all even goes hand in hand, I would say. Right. So in all honesty, I think they all play very different aspects and roles in it. And it even goes into, I think, the previous question that uh, Dana asked earlier, um, which was, Basically, what is that next step for AI? I think mm -hmm. all of these go together and they contribute to the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. right. We talked about AR and VR before. We talk about how AI is essentially a part of so many things, whether it's Netflix and you're looking for a new show, AI is helping predict the show that you want to watch. Right. Whether it's a driving car, whatever it may be, but I think there's one aspect, and I know there's so many other ones, but there's one aspect that comes to my mind right away, IoT. Internet of Things. Internet mm -hmm. of Things, yes. When you have the app on your phone, the home app for iPhone, and you're able to turn your light on and off from your phone, that's Internet of Things. You're connected through the internet to all of these things, essentially. Right. Like Corey talked earlier, the network mm -hmm. uh, of cars that can communicate together. Right. It's that ability to, when one day you'll have your Apple glasses maybe, you look at the light, you see the temperature of the light, how long it's been on, just by even looking at it through the AR side and the Internet of Things aspect, wow. and AI helping you make determinations of, hey, lower to this level to save this amount of money on this, do this, do that, do the other. I think it's That's an interconnected homes. world. Mm -hmm. It's That's smart, smart homes, homes, but imagine that looking at your car. Imagine yeah. that looking at the pipes at your job. Imagine imagine that becoming your everyday interaction. Absolutely. Well, look at, look at the, um, the Joint Strike Fighter, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm developing this this universal airplane okay so that they don't have to have different parts for everything Perfect. and it's got it's got its own internal you know um, AI to where it can as it's flying into another country or something like that it can report to the mm -hmm. maintenance crew and say look this is going this needs to be done you know we need to replace these parts and they're waiting for them when they land and then they can fix it and Mm -hmm. I actually mm -hmm. love the idea when you're on the defense side where we oh, yeah. get to the point where we no more there's no more risk for human capital loss mm -hmm. or even canine capital yes. because mm -hmm. I saw I mean I know they get medals and things mm -hmm. you know but dogs have you know psyches too that need to be maintained oh. because that dog that went after that you know who he was rewarded with a medal of honor but mm -hmm. still how is he feeling but anyway that's just me um <laughs> but yeah i love the idea of being able it. to diminish the risk of human capital and canine capital at on the front line yeah. and i think you we know, are seeing a big change already yeah. there's already so many like a right. lot of the fighters are already a lot of our strikes are done by drones a lot yes. of these we already have robots that are kind of carrying supplies to and right. from our space exploration now with things like spacex and the way they're sending Boy, things down that's space a big force. thing right there President the has implemented a Amazon space has their own yeah, space company. Recently. Wow. Yeah. Blue or, uh, Origins? Blue I thought, I thought we were going to look at Amazon having drones to deliver packages. I mean, that's going to come, yeah. too. That's going <laughs> to come, too. That is coming. Zucker, I mean, not Zuckerberg. Bezos is working the hard. The only thing They've stopping them is FAA regulations. But yeah, beyond yeah, that, they're exactly like ready either to go. Either that or, you know, what is it, Tesla? They're all, it's the oligarchs. They are in it. They have breakfast to go trying to how how to dominate the world. But, you know, as far as, you know, we were talking about defense, I guess I would love humanity to get to a point where we don't need any of that equipment. We don't have wars. We don't have the need to be afraid to protect ourselves. We 
we will get to that point. But until then, gentlemen, yeah. AI mm-hmm. is definitely the way forward to mm-hmm. diminish the risk yeah. that we are yeah. are. Uh, 7 billion plus people on the planet. With the biggest hurdle being humans. Yes. <laughs> humans and, the and their limited and their limited brains. Humans. humans. We've just <laughs> got to understand that love gets so much more done mm-hmm. than evil. And I don't believe in any evil. I actually believe that everyone's created to be good and we have the potential to be our best when we are in harmony with mm-hmm. each other versus in conflict. So... Okay. On that note, I just want to say thank you to our two wonderful, brilliant, genius guests. This is just genius uh, just at its best. Thank you, gentlemen. And my name is Sandra Dorsey and co-host of Charged Up Studio. And before I say my name, why don't you introduce yourselves again and tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Yeah. Uh, so Alfonso Morales, I am the CTO and one of the partners of Neoware Studios. And I'm Corey Lansing, COO and also one of the partners, founders of Neoware Studios. And how can our listeners get a hold of you? Go on to uh, neowarestudios.com uh, or come out to the Oviedo Mall. We're located near the food court there. Come out, say hi, check out our space, and uh, see what we're up to. Yeah, and definitely show up to our next events. They're all listed uh, at neowarestudios.com backslash events. We'd love to see you out. Great. And my name is Dana Oliva with Marketatomy, and that's it for this show. You can reach us at chargedupstudio.live. You can also connect with us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We also invite you to join us on Patreon as a supporter for Charged Up Studio. Thank you once again for joining us for this session. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.